Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another thrilling, exciting, super cat. I was going to try to say it, Georgia, super califragilistic. Now, why am I saying I have no idea, but another great episode of how Betty Davis saved my life. I almost did really say it. Life lessons from classic Hollywood. I am Moya being extra silly today. <laughs> and I'm Georgia. <laughs> but, we, I, but we're just so happy to be with you all again. I mean, we, you don't know, we always look forward to being with our audience and just thank you all for all of your support, all our online, um, our Facebook groups, so many to name. Um, and there's such a growing, um, well, I'm saying growing, but new to me, uh, fan groups, Georgia, uh, I, I'm going to say this name wrong, Caldrite, C-A-L-D-R-I-T-E. I know I'm not saying that right, but that's a, a, a nice uh, group on Facebook and just so many others. Um, so thank you guys for your support. We are always happy to Give you our takes on these great classic movies today. And guys, we have we don't have a black and white one. We have a colored one. One that's uh not is it set all of us are pretty much set in the 20th century, but <clears throat> in the 70s. So we we moved up the timeline a little bit. Georgia, what's our movie for today? Harold and Maud. Yes, 1972, I believe. Harold and Maud, starring Bud Court and just just, uh, I mean, Ruth Gordon is just everything, as the cool kids say. Um, and just a host of um, not really well-known co-stars, but when you see them, and like I, one of the co-stars of the, this movie, I, I knew her later work. I was like, oh, okay, I know who that is, but I didn't know her by name. But, um, and who is this directed by? Hal Ashby. Yes. And the Rock Colin Higgins. Yes, yeah, so Hal Ashby made a lot of noise in like the late 60s, 70s, a lot of great films. And I know Georgia has some background on that. Colin Higgins, I, I am not personally very familiar with that person's work, but I know um, Georgia has some background. But yes, Harold and Maude, one of the, you know, I, I would say, I guess I would call it weird when I first saw it, but now as a really later on, because I saw this about th almost 30 years ago, George, I believe I was either just getting out of high school or going to college. I want to say I might have been in high school. It was, I was like, what in the world is this? But now as an adult, if in my final form, <laughs> fully a form adult, I was like, this movie is so deep. You know, it just it went over my head. But George, give us some trivia. Whatever, what, tell me, whatever you want to talk about. Let's talk about Harold and Maude. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, uh, first of all, this movie to me is just a joyride and it's an uplifting romp. Uh, the movie did take some risks and you know, this movie is actually, it's an experience. Yes. It does have a, it does have a, it, I mean, it is a time capsule, I think of the seventies because they had gone through so many things. There were, you know, the flower child, the hippie movement, free love and all that, which was happened in the, in the sixties. This was made, I think it, was made in 71 but anyway um so that really this counterculture really influenced right. the people who made this movie <clears throat> so you remember that there was in this time the vietnam war had been going on mm -hmm. and so there is 
a theme of being, you know, anti-war, anti-military, you know, anti-police, <laughs> yes. anti there's also like it pokes fun at organized religion, all these things. Yes. But I people don't take this movie too seriously. Right. Just enjoy, enjoy it's a it. ride. Just enjoy it. Let it just wash over you. Um, but I have to say something about um, Hal Ashby, the director. You know, one of the things I think that greatly influenced his movie making was the fact that uh, his parents had divorced. His father committed suicide. He dropped out of high school. He also was married and divorced all before he was 19 years old. What? That. Uh, yes, it's unbelievable. It just floors me. It blows my mind. All by the time he was 19 years old, he had experienced all this in his life. Yeah, all of that. He was fully, fully, he had lived like several lifetimes. Yes, yes, by the time he was 19 years old. So that went into a lot of how he did his movies. Like, you know, he did Being There, you know, he did I love this that movie, one. you know, Harold and Ma. So if you kind of think about that, plus, you know, the thing is, is he grew up in. You know, he, he self-medicated by using drugs. I mean, this is a mm -hmm. drug culture. They said out of the movie, you could really smell all the <laughs> all the stuff you know, mm -hmm. and all that going on. So you have to kind of bear that in mind. And the interesting thing about the writer, Colin Higgins, was he was in a script writing class at UCLA, and he had to write something for his thesis. And so he came up with this idea for this movie, and he was... He saw in the bulletin board at school where he could be like the pool boy and kind of help out at this producer's house. So he ended up working there and they found out about this movie and they said, we well, think you've really got something there. Mm -hmm. And so this movie is just, it's a one off. This movie, I think, was actually the very first real true cult classic movie because when it first came out, it bombed and it bombed badly. Ooh. But the thing was, is all the kids in college, they made this movie. They wanted to see it. It was so popular with them. It opened up at art houses. It had midnight movie screenings. And that's what gave this movie the new life and the reputation that it still enjoys today. Wow. That is so interesting. And so, you know, Georgia always comes with the full one one. And I was, you know, wondering, you know, how this movie did. So you said it bombed. It did. Wow. And it bombed. <laughs> why, so why do you think it bombed? Or do you, did they say your research why it bombed? I, I kind of think I know why it bombed because I think people were more into, into traditional, you know, the script writing, the plays. And I don't think that they were ready for the love story. Okay. I think that for a lot of people and also the themes, because there's so much dark humor in this. Yes. Yeah. It is ghastly. It's startling. Sometimes it is, but it's done very deadpan. It makes fun. I mean, a lot of these conventions about no other movie had broached the subject in such a playful manner about love and death and suicide and funerals. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, all these social conventions right. you know askew, I mean it's being playfully treated like this and plus the love story where you have a woman who's 80 years old and a 20 year old young man all these things cause uh, you know the movie going public at the time to really um, not be fully on board with it mm -hmm. <laughs> because it was 
so at the time it was so revolutionary and but i the way i see it you know i think when i was younger i probably may not have liked it but now that i'm older and i see this movie i go oh god this is a hoot it's a lark it's funny because right. since then other movies i think have borrowed off this movie absolutely and so we're, we're not as easily shocked by things anymore when this right. came out i think it was kind of shocked to a lot of people's sensibilities about um love because if it had been uh an older man and a younger woman because people had seen lolita in the 60s they were yeah. like oh, okay but now when you have the role reversed with a woman who's much much older and a very young man all of a sudden they're like what you can't do that right, <laughs> you know? right. so those are some of the reasons why this movie was not as well received when it first came out but what i love about what you're saying uh the movie is so self-aware because one of the funniest scenes well i i don't know it's, it's nothing really to give anything away well let me just say this <clears throat> the reaction to uh harold's he wasn't a priest but his his the the, the pastor's reverend the psychiatrist when they found out about his relationship with with maud especially the reverend i was screaming. It, I mean, I can't do it justice. Y'all have to see it. And just follow what we're saying. The movie is self-aware. It expressed. It was so brutally honest. This movie is one of the most brutally honest comedies or movies that I've ever seen. And now, wait, I thought you hadn't seen it. I hadn't. Okay, okay. Cause so, But you said had you seen it when you were younger, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't have liked it, you said? I'm afraid that I wouldn't have appreciated as much. Okay. I I don't think I would have understood it or embraced it. But now, I, I mean, seeing this at my at my ripe old age, I think it is so clever. It's it is brilliant. I mean, it's so smart. Like every, all the adjectives Georgia said, and but just look for the scene, the reaction of like I said, the <laughs> all Harold's advisors if you will or the, or the authoritarians in this life all are men um and it's just freaking hilarious so let's talk about the woman the other woman in harold's life his mother mrs uh mrs chasen i loved her played by vivian pickles i i don't think i'd ever seen her in anything before um what did you i thought the mother was hilarious what did you think about the mother uh, uh harold's mother I thought that she was perfect in that role. The way she was, like, she'd gotten so used to all of those fake suicide attempts. She was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just totally, she was the most horrible mother. But, my God, she was hilarious. Yeah. I, I thought, <laughs> you know, and her trying to, she her idea of, like, okay, I think I'll help him by okay, I'll get him this great car. It'll be a babe magnet, this Jaguar. And oh, okay, and I'll do this. I'll try and set him up with all these computer right. online dates and and maybe get him married. And maybe that'll make him grow up and mature and like leave these, <laughs> leave all this stuff. I thought it was hilarious. And then like she doesn't, when th these women are absolutely just horrified. Yes. <laughs> and the mother's like, eh. You know? <laughs> well, it opens <laughs> up. The movie opens up with Harold doing something. So let me just say this uh, disclaimer. If you are triggered by 
suicide and suicide ideation. If you don't think that's funny, well, please, by God, do not look at this movie and don't uh, uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, which is How Better David Saved My Life, by the way. Don't hit us up on there. We didn't write the movie or anything like that. But like, so I'm telling you, if you triggered by that, then don't look at it. Um, if you don't think that stuff is funny, then don't look at it. But it's funny. Um, the movie. <laughs> Let me be clear. The movie is funny and how it treats it is funny. Um, it's a dark humor. It's dark comedy. But so the first interaction of like the first one of the first scenes is Harold doing the these shenanigans, and um, and I oh, we we shouldn't have said anything. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it ruins it because, I mean, you know, <clears throat> we may have just given something away. I don't know, Georgia, but his first inter So you you first get to, to see the, mo the mom and him interact when when Harold does this. And I said I, I thought the mother was hilarious because of the way you write. The, the actress played it. And, you know, people would be against the mother and vilify her. But what do you want? to do this woman has to live with this bull this crap okay <laughs> she has to now it, and it, let me just say this and i hope i'm not giving away too much you would hope at some point she would be introspective enough to say how have i contributed to this this young man's behavior but you ain't gonna get that in this movie which makes it even more hilarious it's so funny i'm telling you, it's it's funny it's funny it's funny um but yeah, so when I saw it, when I was like, I, I really think I was a teenager in high school. I loved it. I loved it immediately. The only thing that kind of weirded me out, I was like, ugh, him and that old lady like that, like, ear, you know. But other than that, ha Harold is weird. I'm weird. Uh, I, he had mother issues. I had mother issues. So I maybe I kind of related to Harold, but not as extreme as that. But I get it. The pressure of being an only child, the pressure of uh, wanting parental acceptance. And, and like you said, Georgia, it was that at the height of the counterculture, rebelling against authority. And one of the main things that the, the um, what they call the military industrial complex. Girl, when they showed his uncle who was in the military and when him and Ruth Gordon uh, played a little trick on him his uncle had lost his arm, right? And Ruth Gordon uh, uh, Maud and Harold played a trick on her uncle. The mom was trying to make him go to service to make a man out of him. And they played a trick on him. And his arm, his lack of, or his non-arm, the you know, he just had a sleeve. He would wear his uniform with just a sleeve. <laughs> At the end, again, these things are not funny. On their own is not funny, but I, but the movie is just so brilliant, and it it is an equal opportunity offender, and I love that. Nobody's safe, everything's on the table, and again, you know, we live in a, a cancel and cancel society culture, cancel culture society. If you are offended or triggered by again, do not look at this brilliant masterpiece. Deprive yourself of film cinematic greatness and skip it, but you will be at a loss. I agree with you, Moya, but that scene is just, I keep thinking about it. It's so hilarious. I don't want to embellish it or go into it, but oh my God, it was too funny. I mean, oh his hand, all I could say, just the, the, the sleeve was, 
I don't want to give it away. It was so funny. Like I said, this stuff is not funny. Like if you saw it in real life, you would not laugh at it. But um, and Harold's obviously he's obsessed with death, you know. But fast forward into today's culture, Georgia. I think what I what kind of resonated with me and what wasn't so prevalent as it is now, these young men who are self-deleting, if you will, it's an epidemic. And a lot of men having this sense of loneliness and isolation. There's a term out there called uh, incels, involuntarily celibate. The social skills aren't there. And Harold, to me, is like an icon of what we seeing, see, we're seeing going on now with a lot of young men. What do you think about that? Oh, my gosh, Moya. I think you really hit on something there because, yeah, there are some people right now who just feel so misunderstood, so very isolated. Right. And and they are just, and they don't feel that people understand or get them. And that is very true. I mean, we're going through a time right now, I think we're young people. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that People just spend so much time gaming and on their cell phones. Mm -hmm. And I think that adds even more to all the isolation that they're feeling. Yes. And able to have a have truly deep and meaningful relationships. And I think we're seeing that. Yes. Yeah. No, and this movie is a this movie is ahead of itself, guys. Because it is. you could if you if you took out all the like 70s looking stuff and added today's tech and all that kept the same storyline. And this guy and Ruth Gordon, I mean, nothing against her, and I'm not being the ages. But how lonely did this guy have to be? How much, and this, and this gets into the Oedipus Rex. It gets into the Freudian idea of the, uh, which is, has been kind of debunked now, that the son wants to have sex with the mother, all that kind of weird stuff. But it does address that. But how lonely and how mother motherly love deprived did this guy have to be to go with an 80-year-old man when he was like 20-something? So how much was lacking in his life that he... And, and look, Ruth Gordon played this to the hill. You know, she had... Not just, but she had one Oscar for Rosemary's Baby. So she was... Her, her, go look at her life. There's a movie called uh, The Star. Because there's, um, there's the Betty Davis star, but I think there's, there's one Ruth Gordon. And it's about her life because she was a, a stage actress. But Ruth Gordon, we and we only learned about her later on in the 70s when she got Rosemary's baby and all this stuff. But her what do you her, her performance of Maud, I she she was the center, like she stole every scene, in my opinion. Oh, she did. Um she said of all the roles that she played in her entire movie career, this was the one that she had the most fun with, she loved the most. And it's showing. She, You can tell in every scene she does, she is having such a great time. She is. She doesn't hide it. But she does the part so believably because when I look at this movie and look at try and look at it through the lens of how people look at it now, I think that the friendship they had, you see these two misfits, they're a little, mm -hmm. they're oddballs or, you know, they're coming together. For some reason, it's just like fits like a glove because she sees in him, you know, yeah, he's got his mental problems and <clears throat> she's a woman who, you know, knows that she doesn't have a lot of time left. And so she wants to impart with him her wisdom and her, 
spontaneous spontaneity and mm-hmm. joie de vivre and all that she wants to give that to him right and the thing of course he 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 starts they develop this wonderful friendship and they have these wacky madcap adventures but the thing that really gets me is eventually when you do find out that there's romance going on instead they don't make fun of it no they don't make it seem it's done very respectfully yes it's done with a, they honor the two of them it's not weird or gross or anything like that nothing it's just a very natural kind of thing you know that just happens although it's it could have been because how ashby want been. he how ashby wanted to film them two getting it on and thank yeah. god i'm sorry the studio said heck no and now nah, that now nah, i don't want to see that i'm good <laughs> it didn't need uh, it the oh, movie I- the movie didn't need it anyway <laughs> I agree with you 100%. That would have ruined it for me. But I, I but I thought the relationship was very convincing. I yes. thought it was tastefully handled. Yes. It was it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I, I thought, hey, you know, I was all for Harold and Maude. I was really all for it. So, um so that's the way I that's the way I looked at the way they handled Maude. But, you know, she had so much uh I mean, she was such a deep you kept seeing more layers and layers of yes. the depth her personality as the movie went on yes yes and we don't want to give away too much but what i have forgotten because like i said i hadn't seen a movie in almost 30 years i think what uh i don't want to give like i said i don't want to give away too much but the movie revealed the source of maude's her her mindset why she just had a devil may care attitude why she threw caution to the wind because she had had such some severe tragedy and trauma in her life um <clears throat> uh, circling around war, past wars and I, i'll just leave it leave it at that the movie does so so you got to pay attention to this movie there's not a wasted scene or anything you really got to pay attention to the movie but once you realize her attitude is coming from She's fighting to fight. She's fighting away the pain and the trauma of her life. And that's why she's just so living big like this. And the gift that she gives Harold, she really brought him back to life because he was a zombie. And even his makeup, he would be pale looking. And I don't know if they didn't show him making himself up to be pale, but he looked like a corpse. He was, he was, a. He was pale looking, but once he got with Maude and started living, his color changed, his demeanor, his dress changed, as as it would in real life. Like I said, it was even as weird and wild, but it was realistic, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. What love can tru- what true love and connection can do for a person, and I'm glad you brought that out, Georgia, because we had seen you always had the old dude and the young dude, uh, young old. Oh, we got that going on too, but the <laughs> the old dude and the young chick. We had seen it like for a million years and you're right. Nobody, you know, barely bad an eye. But when you go the opposite way, it's like, uh, and like I said, I don't dig it on either way. Um, but, you know, it, we just as a society just accepted more of the the, the uh, young woman, and older man. But I'm glad you brought that up. Well, one of the things that I want people to notice and it, you might miss it is start looking at Harold's facial expressions because at the very beginning he has this very innocent doe-eyed very deadpan Mm -hmm. expression but as the movie progresses look at his face because if you're not quick you're going to miss it he has these little things that he does and it's 
I mean, there's there's emotion and expression going on there, and you're going, wow. I mean, that mm-hmm. really highlighted the movie for me in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, there's some really funny things about this movie that, that they um, brought out. For instance, a lot of people don't know, in the scenes where Maude is, like, taking off and she's driving – Ruth Gordon never learned how to drive. And so what you're seeing is the vehicle is being pulled in the scene. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, also, um, let's see, there's like, um, gosh, there's so much in this movie. And, and I just, I want to say before I, I forget this, you know, how many movies they make you laugh, they make you cry, they make you sing. And of course the soundtrack. Yes. With, with Cat Stevens. Yes. Oh my gosh. I I didn't think I would like because I only knew a few, uh, just very little. I appreciated that soundtrack. I I it was it should have been nominated for an Oscar, but it was perfect. It was, it was, because even though, you know, we think of him as like this folk singer. Right. You know, he he underscores what's going on with, you know, the, the music is sometimes it's calm and other times it's kind of melancholy, but it's Sometimes it makes you feel happy and content. Yes. And there's it's bittersweet. It has all these things happening in it. So I've never heard a soundtrack that's so. I mean, it's just so intrinsic to the whole thing. It was just perfect. Yes. I thought, my God, this is really amazing. This is such as such depth. I mean, you've got a, such a wonderful combination of you've got brilliant directing, uh, excellent screenwriting actors that are put their passion into this into these roles and then you have the music Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it just checked off all the boxes for me oh i know i'm so glad you brought that up i totally enjoyed and and one of them if you want to laugh and be laugh you want to live high you know and it sounds like it sounds like uh like like a children's song you know like like almost like barn i love you you love me but It is so fitting contextually for the film. And I like, and it wasn't annoying because sometimes they keep playing a song as it is annoying. Uh, and he has some really touching and sweet song. He doesn't even have the best voice in the world, but if it's perfect for his type of music. Um his and his name, he changed his name is uh his Yusef somebody he converted to Islam. Islam. Yeah. Um but yeah, Cat the uh legendary Cat Stevens. And there's some um some and I said some people you wouldn't know co-stars. But I thought that was Tom Skerritt uh, as the motor, motorcycle officer. But in, a, but in the credits, he I don't know why he calls himself M. Borman. Maybe that's, I have no idea. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't him. But yeah, that was, in fact, Tom Skerritt. I guess that was uh, pre, um, pre-Alien. Because that's I think that's what... Uh, and he was in some other stuff before Alien, too. But Alien is what really made him become uh, a star. Eric Christmas, we've said the old dude, he was the priest. He's been everything. And so a younger Eric Christmas, because by the time he got well known in like the 80s and 90s and uh, 2000, he was a, like an old man, but he had been in everything. So uh, Charles Tyner, who played the Uncle Victor, uh, hilarious. I had seen him in other stuff, but I didn't know his, didn't know his name. And Cyril Cusack um, has to be from the Cusack family, who played Glaucus. Thought they were gonna do some more with that character, um, but I, maybe that got edited out, uh, Georgia, because it looked like they were gonna talk, you know, d- just maybe uh, develop that character. He was the sculptor, but he he kind of kind of got lost in the sauce. 
Yeah, he did. It was a shame because I would have liked to have seen more of that. That yeah. was so funny. Yeah, you know, yeah. Also, now, apparently, according to Bud Court, before they have the scene where, you know, the two of them, like, wake up, well, you know, there's, like, there's, you know, they're spending mm -hmm. the night. Mm -hmm. But anyway, there's a scene that leads up to that, and Bud Court said that he fought really hard with the people who put the movie together saying you left that scene out and that was really important i wish you'd put that scene in there so we'll never know what that scene was that led oh. up to oh, you know really? the two be like romantically involved yeah really? so the other I, I would have liked to have seen that glaucus character but i mean what kind of <laughs> well i'll just say this he does ice sculptures i'll just leave it at that <laughs> guys please see this movie <laughs> Again, trigger warning, trigger warning. If you're easily upset or offended about death and suicide and, you know, other stuff, then don't look at it. But if you love dark, smart comedies, uh, things about existentialism and uh, death and um, meaning of life and relationships, um, you know, between men and women, uh, between children and parents, and you want a good laugh, Please, please, please check out Harold and Maude. You will not be disappointed. George, I'm going to give it a last word. Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the things that I got out of this movie was if you love and you indulge in life, then death is not a tragedy either. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at their best, I think movies make us think in a way we had not before. And they make us feel something so deeply we're never the same. And in reading how other people felt about this movie, I really picked up on that. This mm. movie was just like a real moment for some people in yes. their lives because they never had such a clear, thought-provoking message, but wrapped up in such a fun package. Yes. This movie is fun. I'm, that is the perfect adjective, a fun movie. Um, Georgia, what is our next movie? Is it The Pawnbroker? I don't know. Yes, ma'am. The pawnbroker. Okay, so we took you up, guys, and now we're gonna take you right back, slap you right back down to earth in the depths and the bowels of <laughs> of the of the dungeon with the pawnbroker. Star Rod Steiger <clears throat> soundtrack by Quincy Jones. And, and make sure you listen to that soundtrack because you will hear a very familiar tune that is not in another serious drama, but the tune is in a world-famous blockbuster comedy. So The Pawn Brokers, uh, Rod Steiger, coming up next time, guys. For How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. Harold and Maud. Don't forget to check it out. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons, well, it's just How Betty Davis Saved My Life and our YouTube channel of the same name. Thank you again for spending time with us, guys. We look forward to seeing you next time. Oh.